Um, so do you want to do you want to start by talking about how you deleted TikTok and Instagram? I, Explain. So I was watching YouTube at night and I was watching this person named Moya Moya Winnie. I think I don't know if any of you guys have heard of her, but one of her episodes of her like vlogs she was talking about a book that she was reading about digital minimalism and talking about like a 30-day social media cleanse that kind of like shows you how you can structure that time to use it for things you actually like and I was watching that and I was like maybe I should just delete TikTok right now and I've been thinking about deleting it for a while so I've been slowly like getting rid of my drafts and so I finally just posted the rest of my drafts and then was like delete and it was the most anticlimactic thing ever and rather than doing 30 days I've decided to do one week which I know seems like nothing but I have that's a lot actually yeah like I've been spending so much time on TikTok for about a year and a half of my life so I just want to see what a week does to me and maybe I'll keep going with it but that's my goal right now is just a week off of it and Instagram like wasn't that hard for me to delete I just don't really spend that much time on it and I mostly deleted it because I wanted to like see what happened if I didn't like spend much time on social media whatsoever um but so far so good I mean I have work which keeps me busy but I will update you guys on how it's going that's actually like crazy like I know for like finals week sometimes I delete things just so I like really focus but honestly I find myself not really using any social media like I don't want to say the word willingly but it's kind of like out of habit like it's not like I enjoy using it it's just sometimes I'm like oh I'm pretty bored I'm just gonna go on TikTok but like I started reading instead which is a little bit more fun in my opinion and it's like I don't know it's more about like how you feel so it's like I get like for some people like watching TikTok like doesn't make a difference to them in their day but like seeing my screen time and minutes and being like oh I used 24 hours of my day of my week on this app that's like really painful for me to look at so that is very inspiring I'm gonna try to delete TikTok too but that's like difficult because I have so many drafts but yeah that's I started deleting my drafts three weeks ago so I would say if you want to like start getting rid of them you have to like go through it takes forever too because I didn't delete all of them I posted them some of them like Mm -hmm. privately because I want to look back on them um so to post them like TikTok takes so long so like just the whole process takes forever so I would recommend starting now so that you can eventually delete it hello hello our listeners we're we're back we're back and better we're, than ever. we're back with another episode week two guys we we've been slacking a little bit i've been slacking a little bit we, we uploaded on may 6th and then july 8th which was today yeah it's okay but we did tell them we were taking a break so i feel like yeah, you it's know, fine it's fine it's fine it's great so Today, we're just doing another life update, just talking about stuff we are thinking about. Because honestly, you guys like these, like everyone who listens, I love how I say you guys, like I'm a YouTuber or something. There's like like, actually people that's. There's actually people listening to this. So, like, all of you listeners seem to like the episodes that we do that are like just random. So, can we just think about, like, stop and think about, like, there's actually listeners? Because I looked at our demographic and it keeps changing. I feel like exercising is like more like 
if you get it done in the beginning of the day, it's not like a hassle. Because then, like the whole day, you're like, oh, I have to like exercise at the end of the day. Yeah, and then exactly. Just not doing. You it. don't want it to be a task. You want it to be like a part of your routine. It's like you just like do it in the morning and get it over with, and yeah. you get on with your day. Yeah. Um. So speaking of running, the Common App is opening <laughs> three months. That was such a great transition. Oh my god! Thank you um, so much. So if running you are- towards the deadline absolutely like literally shut up i'm not even joking i'm ending this zoom call um i'm leaving this podcast so much for a return anyways frenemies um, moment we never even talked about frenemies last time anyways guys if you're a rising senior in the u.s essentially to apply to college there's this thing called the common application and if you did not know it is July 8th, and this application opens in three weeks. Three weeks. I am literally a child, and it's opening in three weeks. And I'm oh so God, scared. Oh my like, God, oh my God. I don't even know what to do. I have no ideas for like essays, and people have already started writing their essays. And I just don't know what to write because it's like there's nothing interesting about like my life. Like, I don't, there's like, you know how people are like, I'm going to write about my trauma. Like, I don't have any guys. I am so excited for you. I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I enjoy the idea of writing my application. I don't know if, I think most people find it stressful, which I understand, but I think it's like, you're all these years you've been thinking about college, 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 and you're finally at the place where it's really in your hands and it's really something you can work on. So I feel like it's kind of exciting. I'm scared. Yeah, I've I get that. Met anyone who's excited, okay? Sorry. There's literally no one who's excited. It's like so Are you, scary. Do you have a counselor or like, do you have someone to help you? Yes, but like, I'm scared. I mean, I'm very scared. You, I think you're going to be fine. You're a very academically smart person. So. Like, I'm glad I have my, my grades to hold me up because my essays can't, my words can't. Why not? I, I just don't have any good ideas. I, okay, I'm not going to say that because I'm sure I'll come up with a good idea eventually. But it's like... Just write about your podcast. Obviously. I'll talk about how that podcast has improved my... my it has changed it's, it's your life. Unlo- uh, unlocked an inner persona in me. It's changed my life. I was thinking more that like the podcast was trauma for you. But yeah, that works. Okay, honestly, that's true. Speaking of that... Oh, we already what? talked about... We've already talked about going on runs. Yeah, look at us go. Okay, speaking of common application, I probably should have put a trigger warning before I said that. Okay, that was actually a good transition. Speaking of trigger warnings, I saw this TikTok, um, I'll say discourse, uh, this whole comment section talking about like, what's the most chronically online take you've ever seen? As in, like, someone who's, like, not seen the real world in a while. Yeah. And they're saying, like, you know the, if you don't like cats, you're misogynistic? That's one of them, okay? Yeah. Um, so I was reading through the comment section. One of them was talking about trigger warnings. And I thought it was pretty interesting. So essentially, I understand, like, the need for trigger warnings. So, like, for photosensitivity, if someone has epilepsy, like, stuff like that, okay, you'd probably want a trigger warning for if you're if there's like flashing lights right okay but then it goes one step further because then people are like I need a trigger warning for if there is this or this in the video okay like mild gore like that makes sense like I don't want to see that either but then it gets even further and people are like 
put trigger warning if you are skinny or like put trigger warning if you're spending money or put tr- trigger warning if you're cleaning your house because pe- people if they if if people who aren't skinny see it they might feel bad and they might not want to see it or like yeah. if people see spending money they might feel sad or like not everyone lives in a clean room put a trigger warning like what like if you really if that's like really yeah. like a problem like get off of social media because like I literally why do you need it I only need understand trigger warning for things that are like literally like medically triggering like that see having a seizure you know what I mean that is my thought process I'm like if you need trigger warnings and everything on your for you page then get off TikTok like clearly social media is triggering for you and that is a problem in your life so you have to take your steps to protect yourself of course there are reasons why trigger warnings were created in the first place and like I think we both are clear on the fact that there are places where it's needed. You know, if someone's talking about eating disorder recovery or something like that, yeah, sure, yeah, put yeah. a trigger warning on it. You know, it's a very like sensitive topic and they're clearly doing something that could trigger someone. But I think there's lines that need to be drawn and there's a point on social media where we cross that line and we go into a place where everything is about this online world that just doesn't exist. And I think a part of it is also because of the pandemic. And people haven't been going to school. People ha- haven't been going to work and realizing that people aren't going to treat you with such care in real life. That's really good content. people aren't going to protect you at all. And um, even for me, like, it's not that I see triggering content in, like, a mental illness type of way or anything. But there's stuff on social media that definitely upsets me. And that is a big part of why I decided to take a step away from social media. Because there are things that are, like triggering like quotation mark triggering me you know what I mean like yeah, things yeah. that make me upset or annoyed or like make me feel like I'm not being productive or like stuff like that and that's why I'm trying to take a step away from social media and I chose to make that choice rather than attacking people or making content and living their own lives yeah you know? I just feel like people who are like do you need to put a trigger warning on everything like what are you going to do in the real world like like go touch some grass honestly because it's like are are you going to be like in your workplace and like your boss is going to be like hey go do hey go do this and this be like oh trigger warning work like yeah what like that's actually like insane to me like I get like what you were talking about like the original purpose but like I don't know guys some of this is if you really need a trigger warning for everything you need to get off of social media also like yeah skinny people are not like they're not oppressed or anything but like why is everyone so mad at skinny people right now like why why can't skinny people just like show their body online and then not be body checking like everything isn't body checking and I don't know if I have the place to necessarily say that but like that kind of stresses me out like I feel really bad for those people who are just like making the same videos that everyone else does but just because their body looks different they're like attacked for it in the comments like it's not their fault that's true warning my body like what again not to like I don't know if it's my place to say this either but I feel like I don't know even skinny people body checking to me I feel like it's okay because it's like or I don't actually know did I just say something wrong I just think that like it's like if if you're really gonna have that much of a problem on with it like like I'm telling you social media is literally the last place you should be yeah because like that's the whole culture of it it's like like people showing off their things and like doing things for attention and like I don't know just posting photos of themselves so it's like yeah like 
if you have a problem with a skinny person or even like a fat person doing that either then you shouldn't be on social media like if you like this literally frustrates think, me this actually I think there's something me. to say about like the connection between this is specifically talking about eating disorders but the connection between eating disorders and social media like people who are in recovery like a lot of the things that are on social media that are triggering to them are just normal social media things. And I think it's super important to realize, like, if you're in a place where you're trying to recover from something and social media is triggering for you, maybe you shouldn't be looking for social media to stop posting those things, but rather just not be on it. Like, I That's think true. that, like, people don't realize how negative social media is naturally and how much we have to learn to deal with that. And we have to learn to set up the boundaries that we want to rather than having other people set them for us. Does that make sense? Like, is that fair to say? I don't know, but like- I would think that's pretty fair. And again, I know how this could come off as a really like, like out of context. Two skinny girls talking about this. Yeah, exactly. But like the, the thing is, like the bottom line is you can't- wait for other people to like take their videos down and regulate their own content just in case you would have seen the video like you need to step up and make your own boundaries and take your own things and block certain things Mm, um I feel like that's really important rather than like just like hoping that someone's going to put a trigger warning on something you know what I mean like if it's that much of a problem you should be creating your own boundaries rather than waiting for other people who don't know about that problem or honestly might not even care about it to to even think about it so no for sure I agree speaking of setting boundaries you got a job (laughs) Oh my god, I hope that people listen, like, understand what's going on. Earlier um, I said, earlier I said trigger warning work, and I was like, that would have been a good That tri- would have been a good transition, you're Speaking right. of trigger warnings, warning. you, you got a job. Trigger warning, I got a job. Um, so first of all, I love working. It makes me feel productive AF, so we love it here. But I just wanted to, like, talk about this super quickly, because I think it's really funny. But this is my first job that I've ever done, and- I literally make minimum wage. Like, I make absolutely no money from this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do make money, like, a good amount of spending money for me, but it's not something you could, like, survive off of anything. Yeah. Um, But, like, I have realized now that when I spend money, like, when I buy – yesterday I went to share tea. Like, when I bought my mango green tea with lychee jelly, Mm -hmm. I kept thinking about how many hours of work I was spending. Like, I was like, oh, I just spent 30 minutes of work on one boba and then like I went and got dinner and I was like oh my god I just spent an hour of work on my food and it's so weird because I've never thought about things this way and now money feels real to me like now that I have a job money Mm -hmm. feels like an actual thing that I can hold in my hand because it's like work it's like Mm -hmm. hours for me and it's such a weird way that my brain has like reconfigured itself the other day I had a conversation with um, my mom and sister and we were talking about how people usually eat like two or three meals outside rather than cooking them at their house. And we were talking about how that's like a whole day of work. Like most of it just goes to like food because like buying food like rather than making it is so expensive like it's literally like imagine like you go for your lunch break and you like spend all of the money you just made like 
like you yeah. work for like three hours and you go to lunch and you spend like one hour of it like that's actually like scary yeah I mean yeah for sure I think it's making me more like grateful and making mm-hmm. me think a lot differently about the money that I spend through my family's money because obviously they don't get paid minimum wage and it's quite different and like now I feel like I'm I when I get like my own apartment or my own house or I'm buying my own food and living independently I will be a lot more careful and a lot more like I don't even know how to explain it not necessarily careful like I don't think I'm gonna spend less money I just think I'm gonna be more aware of what spending like money you is. know like the value of yeah, like exactly what you're doing rather than just like just like seeing a number you know exactly yeah it's just like cool that there's like Spending money on food is like eating your money. Do you ever think about that? Stop. I don't want to think about that. Like you like eat like money. Like you're like Stop. eating it up. Okay, okay. Stop. Speaking about eating, um, let's talk about sustainability and <laughs> let's get into it. That was actually an okay one because it does have okay. to do about eating. Yeah. Um, so I try to live a pretty sustainable life, and that's very laughable, okay? Because nothing I do is sustainable. But I was thinking about how hard and difficult it is to be a sustainable person in any aspect, okay? Because it's, like, think about, like, okay, we'll start with, like, food. Because, like, to be sustainable, you need to, like, maybe start growing some of your own food or, like, stop wasting food. Okay, I I don't waste food. Um, But, like, for instance, we compost all of our... um, like fruits and vegetables in our backyard we've been doing that for like 11 years I think so like that's that's pretty sustainable right speaking speaking of social media Mm -hmm. that was not a good transition speaking of social media I'm gonna move on to the next subject which is has to do with caffeine dependency okay well what a great transition right speaking of being dependent on things um can we talk about how, like, I remember when I was younger, my parents used to be like, you can't have soda or anything because it's, like, first of all, bad for you or whatever, but, like, caffeine. Like, they're like, you can't drink soda more than once a week. And if that, it was, like, literally, like, one sip. And they were like, you can't have Pepsi, you can't have Coke, you can't have anything with caffeine. And I used to be so mad because I was like, why can't I? But then, now, I drink, like, during the school year I drink coffee like at least once a day and then sometimes I would drink like Red Bull Italian sodas for fun in the same day or like keep in mind when we were in LA I used to drink um literally like three cups of coffee every day and now I have a caffeine dependency like I know it's real and alive and well because it's like I can't stay awake for more than six hours at a time without getting sleepy which means then I drink coffee or something and then I'm like oh now I'm awake and then um or I have to um take a nap because during the school year I tried to like stop drinking coffee but like in the morning I just couldn't like do class because I'd be so tired um so essentially I shouldn't have started drinking coffee honestly but I feel like it still tastes good so I'm still gonna drink it um but yeah I I feel like people don't like everyone like jokes about like oh my gosh I'm addicted to coffee like no I'm literally like dependent on caffeine that's like so disheartening but I've I've done a lot of research and 
um there's like people who are saying like instead if you like get up and do running then you get enough like energy like running through you that you wouldn't need coffee for the rest of the day technically like depending on like what you eat and what you do obviously mm-hmm. I want to I want to try doing that because it's like I don't like being dependent on literally coffee to stay awake yeah. throughout the whole day and then I like can't sleep at night you know here's here's my thing right like right now I'm so sleepy like it's 12 20 I'm so sleepy because I didn't drink coffee today and I was reading in bed and I didn't get up out of bed like I was just reading on my phone and I didn't drink coffee and now I have like no energy I feel like I'm in a funk like I don't even know how to start my day like I have to go take a shower and drink some coffee to wake myself up so to talk about the caffeine deficiency, I've, I mean, not deficiency, <laughs> dependency, I definitely relate. I think that I have one too, and I haven't realized it until now. And sometimes I get headaches too, like mm-hmm. if I don't drink coffee or something. Um, but I'm very interested in what you said about running because I don't want to call myself a runner or anything, but I usually run at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a habit for me at this point, or I've tried to make it one. And I have hundred percent I can notice exactly what you're talking about the research that you're talking about because I have never felt better than when I come home after a run like not just physically but also like emotionally you just feel like ready to start the day and I know it sounds super cliche but like you can go on a one mile run you can go on a 0.5 run for all I care and you'll just feel better you know like it's a definite thing and it it makes me want to run more and like run every day especially during the summer when we can because it just like boosts your morale and you feel so proud of yourself for like getting out and like moving your body. That's so true. But it's also like, it's, it's been like so hot. So I don't really want to like run during like peak daylight, you know what I mean? Cause then it's like 90 degrees and you're like sweating so much. So I want to try running in running the morning. Mornings. Right. Yeah. But then the problem is I literally have such a difficult time waking up, but I feel like like 11 or 10 o'clock is a good time. Anyways, the core of this is, Every time I see new clothes and, like, new trends, it's, like, obviously I'm going to keep up with it and, like, be, like, a trendy and everything. But also think about sustainability because is it really sustainable to buy, like, a $60 sweater vest that I'm going to wear, like, twice and then it's going to go out of fashion next year and then what am I going to do with the sweater vest? You know what I mean? It's funny that you brought up a sweater vest because – I literally bought one of those like plaid like sweater vests that were like super in style like six months ago and now everyone hates on it and I hate it too and it's just sitting in my closet and I've worn it like twice and I'm like weirded out by it and that's the only time I've ever really bought a piece of clothing that was super trendy that I just didn't end up wearing a bunch and it made me feel so bad like I was like I'd never want to contribute to this again and I generally think that I'm a very like I consider what I buy before I buy it, especially when it comes to clothes. Like my friends will say this. I am the worst to shop with because it takes me like 30 minutes to decide whether I want to buy one piece of clothing or not. Um, But I think that this is how I kind of view my role in sustainability and how I try to do things. First of all, I really think about where I'm spending my money and what brands I'm supporting because yes I'll be completely honest I always support fast fashion I'm always like buying from stuff but if I like go to Target or something and I see a brand that I know like 
their whole vibes are about like planting trees or like whatever like I'd rather buy from them than buy from a brand that doesn't do anything related to sustainability and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're like doing so much better but usually when I go and research the stuff it's pretty valid and they do actually do things to help with the environment and yes they're doing that so that people will buy their products but they're still doing it and so I try to like make those subtle choices when I have the option to and it's presented to me even if it's like slightly more expensive because I know that I have the privilege where I'm able to do that and then I also think a lot about going vegan so I'm vegetarian I've been vegetarian my whole life and I always like have like a certain pride in that because I know that being vegetarian is more sustainable sustainable but in Mm -hmm. reality I was vegetarian just because my family brought me up vegetarian and that's the Mm -hmm. only reason why and I really I cannot say that I'm morally better than anyone else for that because I didn't make the choice to be vegetarian but I try to buy vegan alternatives because those companies that we're supporting also support like environmental stuff and I try to like buy from ethical vegan companies so I like buy vegan butter um I buy oat milk and stuff like that and I try to Mm -hmm. find like oat milk companies that are more sustainable and it's the most sustainable milk out there um so buy oat milk guys but um I'm trying to like transition myself to eat a lot more plant-based and that is my biggest I would say country contributor to sustainability contribution Contribution. yes that's my biggest contribution to sustainability and that is my TED talk that's all I do and all I try to do because I think it is the easiest way to do anything and also after watching like fish what is that thing called those are so sad or whatever no I was like yeah the world is dying because of our consumption and our meals are a big part of it so why not try and help that's true. I also feel like a lot of it is like unnecessary pressure on like children and like people when it's like more change could be done in other ways. But like speaking of vegan, like just like quit like just the last note, I was like thinking and it's like I feel like there's a lot of like stigma around being vegan now because everyone's like makes fun of vegans. Not acting like I have never made fun of vegans before. But, like I was thinking about like what we eat in a week and a lot of the food we actually eat is vegan funnily enough because Mm -hmm. it's just like if I don't eat meat then everything else I'm eating is like vegan right sorry I'm just gonna interrupt you really quick if you guys are trying to go vegan and you're not looking at South Asian food there's something wrong with you because so much of South Asian food is vegan guys yeah that's what I was thinking about like if I'm eating like wait you don't speak Hindi okay wait so it's like potatoes and spinach and then there's like right yeah aloo um and like dal and like pollock and like yeah yeah. everything is like a vegan there's like I mean there's butter maybe but there's Mm -hmm. like everything else is vegan like that's like crazy to me because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on people to be like fully vegan and a lot of people can't like do that but if everyone was like half vegan that would be even more that than what, whatever amazing. we are right now because there's so much pressure on people to be like never eat meat or ice cream or anything ever again but yeah, that's just the dumb part to me it's like every step like, you take is better one day a week just eat vegan food like if you can because like obviously a lot of the alternatives are not like viable for everyone but yeah. like um like if you can anyways speaking of being vegan that's the end of our uh, <laughs> that's the end of our that's episode. the end of our episode guys thanks for listening um this make is a sure fun you one. listen to last week's episode too. make sure yeah of course not that they have anything to do with each other but we just want no more clicks, it's just for so. fun mm-hmm.